Hi, it's Chaya Sarah here, and we're going to be focusing on these ideas of understanding God in a deeper way, and then coming to love Judaism with our mitzvot and all that. So we have Michelle here, we're going to ask her some questions. The last part that we spoke about was the idea that the Jewish people, they came out of Egypt, they, the Egyptians were punished with 10 huge plagues, and now they're going to be going into the desert and receiving the Torah. So we have a question. Why are the Jewish people being told this beautiful idea from God? I am God who took you out of Egypt when he did so many other awesome things for us. Michelle is here and she could share this with us. Thank you. Okay, so as you said, as Chassar said, um, this is the portion of Torah that we talk about the Ten Commandments. The first of the Ten Commandments says, I am the Lord your God. I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt. I want to think about this for a second, okay? Um, if, if the first commandment is basically to believe, to know that there's a God in the world, if you were God and you wanted to introduce yourself to the Jewish people, okay, wouldn't it be more likely that you would say something like, I am Hashem, your God, who created the universe? It's significantly more impressive, right? Think about it. Like, Imagine Hashem said, um, if you stand out, go outside right now in the nighttime and you look at the stars, okay, and think about the fact that I created all of the stars and the galaxies, okay, and the mountains and the rivers and every type of fish in the ocean and birds and animals, right, and every different splash of color that you see in each flower. It's so incredibly awe-inspiring. And, and this is the God that I am, and, I, and this is what I want you to believe. That's significantly impressive. Why, why do we turn around and say, why does Hashem turn around and say, I am Hashem, your God, who took you out of Egypt? What's the connection? The connection is like this, and it's a really, really profound idea. The connection is, I am Hashem, my God, your God, who heard you suffering, who heard you in pain, thought about you on an individual level, left my home as it were in the heavens and came down to pull you out on an individual level. You see, Hashem doesn't want to start off the relationship by saying, I created the world and I want you to be in awe of me and whatever and, and know that I'm up there and have nothing to do with you. The opposite. He starts off the relationship with us and his introduction of himself by saying, I am Hashem, the God, your God, who pulled you out personally from Egypt because I want to have a personal relationship with you. I chose you and I, I brought you to me in order to develop not a, a relationship where you look up in awe just and see you know, great vast mountains, but a relationship in a quiet place where you sit and you talk to me, where you have a relationship with me, where I know what's going on in your life, and you decide to, to connect to me, and I decide to connect to you, and that makes all the difference. Thank you so much. So the basic message is that God took us out of Egypt to saying He wants to have a personal relationship with us, and everything we do counts. And we are important to him. We're not just a number. We are people. And every person in this world is part of him. 
building a relationship with us, and we are part of that beautiful chain of connection. Looking forward to more. Now we're going to continue with the beautiful story of God took us out of Egypt, and we're going to find out what does he call us when he takes us out, and what do we become as a result of him, of him taking us out. Michelle's here, continuing this beautiful piece. Thank you, Michelle. Hi, everybody. Um, you know, it's very interesting. When God comes down to take us out of Egypt, he refers to us as his son or child. And uh, actual fact, the firstborn child. Um, and uh, again, it really, really strengthens this idea that we are in a personal relationship with Hashem. Okay? Uh, you know, there's a story told. Um, about a, a rabbi who had a son and the son left home and was kind of estranged from the rest of the family and uh, got himself into some troubles and so on. But came a particular time where the rabbi rang up the son and said, listen, we're having a family gathering, a big, big, big party on the weekend and we really want you to be there. So the son agreed and uh, he the the rabbi owned a school, a yeshiva, and he said, will you please come and stay with us over the weekend, and then we will have the big family party. So the son agreed, and he came and he went to the yeshiva, to the school, and uh, he stayed there over the weekend. And it happened to be that this big rabbi also had his favorite student staying there in the school. This student was bright and curious and intelligent, and the rabbi loved him and he loved, loved the rabbi, okay? Now, unfortunately, on Friday night, somehow an electric wire caught fire and there was a fire in the building, in the yeshiva. And the middle of the night, everybody wakes up and there are screams and cries and the fire department has gotten called and you hear the sirens and the rabbi gets up and he wants to run out of the building and he only has a minute to go and make sure that everybody's okay. So the question is like this. Whose room does he run into? Does he run into the room of his favorite student? Or does he run to get his son? And we know, of course, that he ran in to get his son. Because the bond between a child and a parent is so deep and continues to exist no matter what. And that means that even if there are times where we make mistakes or we're doing silly things or whatever it is, Hashem says, I don't care. You are my child and I'm making this commitment to you that I'm always going to be there. I'm going to run into your room first. I'm going to look after you first because that's what I want to be. I want to be your real father and I want you to be my child. And therefore, no matter what, we're going to be in a relationship. And as much as there were there are times of closeness and sometimes of pulling away, at the end of the day, he reached out and said, please spend time with me. And the child said, you know what, I'm going to come. And that's what it is between us and Hashem. We have times of closeness and times that perhaps is a bit more difficult. But at the end of the day, we never stop being Hashem's child. And that means that at the end of the day, we, we're going to be in a relationship. And now we're going to find out how do we go about strengthening that relationship and making it even better?
Thank you so much. So here we get to hear that we are Hashem's child. <clears throat> and just like a parent loves a child, Hashem loves us. And He wants us to be close to Him and talk to Him and share things with Him and let Him know what's going on. This way we can have that relationship that a parent has for a child. And no matter how estranged we feel, He's always there for us and we're always connected to Him. Thank you, Michelle. So now we're going to try to understand the deeper meaning of why we have mitzvot, commandments. How does that relate to us being Hashem's children? Let's understand that, Michelle. Thank you for helping us get this clarity. You know, it's an interesting thing. If, it, if I were to ask you as a friend um, or a family member, what do you think is more impressive? Do you think it's more impressive for a friend to turn around to someone else and spend thousands of dollars on a party once for somebody, make them feel really special, you know, go out of their way to get a catered event and, and then not see them again or do anything again for them for months? Or is it more special for a person to do small things consistently every day for another human being? What is the thing that's more likely to show love? You see, anyone can do something once for someone. Anybody can make a big party or make a big deal out of another human being. But consistency, getting up every morning as a mother, for example, and making a packed lunch for a child and writing little notes on the bag, or leaving out breakfast as someone's partner in the morning every day so that they have food to eat for work. These are the signs of love. These are the signs of commitment and care. Because there are days when we're in the mood and days when we're not, you know. And yet when we do it consistently, we say, I really care about you. Okay. If I want to have a relationship with someone, it's the little things that count. And that's what mitzvot are. Every day we turn to Hashem and in small and varied ways, we say, I care about you, Hashem, and I'm going to show you why. And I'm going to show you how. I'm going to do tiny little things and small things and bigger things, but all those things are going to be with consistently, consistency and love. Not with fireworks, not with grand gestures, one little thing at a time. And doing that allows us to demonstrate our love for Hashem. But here's a really beautiful thing. Not only do we demonstrate our love for Hashem by, by connecting through these mitzvot, we also become better as people and more connected not only to Hashem but to who our, to ourselves and who we want to be. Just like with a good friend or with someone that you love, when you end up giving, what you end up doing is learning also about yourself. And I'll give you an example. There is a wonderful custom in uh, Jewish practice that when we, we make the blessing over the wine on Friday night and, sh and Shabbat day, we have bread challah on the table and we cover the challah while we're making the blessing over the wine. <clears throat> and now the reason we do that according to custom is because normally bread is considered an even more holy item than grape juice or wine. Uh, during the week it is considered the highest of blessings. And yet we have to do the blessing over the wine on the Sabbath first. So we cover the bread in order to not embarrass it, that it's coming second instead of first 
in our lineup of blessings. It's a cute idea, but what does it mean that we're not embarrassing the bread? You see, Judaism is so sensitive and Torah is so wise that it doesn't want just to make sure not to embarrass an inanimate object. It wants to teach us how we should behave and what we can learn from every small experience. If I'm if I have to have such sensitivity to a piece of bread to not embarrass it when it's reducing its status, as it were, of the blessings, how much more so can I learn from that how not to embarrass another human being, how to be sensitive to the needs of other people, and how to understand what Hashem wants from me. And so the mitzvot teach us not only to give and to give consistently, not only to love, but to love consistently. But as a side product of that, we learn not only about Hashem, but about what He wants us to be. And we learn through that about ourselves. That was beautiful. Thank you so, so much. So we should be sensitive to others. And even though the Chala does not have feelings, it teaches us that mitzvot make us become greater people and become more kind and act with more awe and love to another person. Thank you so much. Looking forward to more. So now we're going to try to understand the deeper meaning of why we have mitzvot, commandments. How does that relate to us being Hashem's children? Let's understand that, Michelle. Thank you for helping us get this clarity. You know, it's an interesting thing. If, if I were to ask you as a friend um, or a family member, what do you think is more impressive? Do you think it's more impressive for a friend to turn around to someone else and spend thousands of dollars on a party once for somebody, make them feel really special, you know, go out of their way to get a catered event and, not, and then not see them again or do anything again for them for months? Or is it more special for a person to do small things consistently every day for another human being? What is the thing that's more likely to show love? You see, anyone can do something once for someone. Anybody can make a big party or make a big deal out of another human being. But consistency, getting up every morning as a mother, for example, and making a packed lunch for a child and writing little notes on the bag, or leaving out breakfast as someone's partner in the morning every day so that they have food to eat for work. These are the signs of love. These are the signs of commitment and care. Because there are days when we're in the mood and days when we're not, you know. And yet when we do it consistently, we say, I really care about you. Okay. If I want to have a relationship with someone, it's the little things that count. And that's what mitzvot are. Every day we turn to Hashem and in small and varied ways we say, I care about you, Hashem, and I'm going to show you why and I'm going to show you how. I'm going to do tiny little things and small things and bigger things, but all those things are going to be with consistently consistency and love. Not with fireworks, not with grand gestures, one little thing at a time. And doing that allows us to demonstrate our love for Hashem 
But here's a really beautiful thing. Not only do we demonstrate our love for Hashem by, by connecting through these mitzvot, we also become better as people and more connected not only to Hashem, but to, who our, to ourselves and who we want to be. Just like with a good friend or with someone that you love, when you end up giving, what you end up doing is learning also about yourself. And I'll give you an example. There is a wonderful custom in uh, Jewish practice that when we, we make the blessing over the wine on Friday night and, sh and Shabbat day, we have bread challah on the table and we cover the challah while we're making the blessing over the wine. And now the reason we do that according to custom is because normally bread is considered an even more holy item than grape juice or wine. Uh, during the week it is considered the highest of blessings. And yet we have to do the blessing over the wine on the Sabbath first. So we cover the bread in order to not embarrass it, that it's coming second instead of first in our lineup of blessings. It's a cute idea, but what does it mean that we're not embarrassing the bread? You see, Judaism is so sensitive and Torah is so wise that it doesn't want just to make sure not to embarrass an inanimate object. It wants to teach us how we should behave and what we can learn from every small experience. If, I'm, if I have to have such sensitivity to a piece of bread to not embarrass it when it's reducing its status, as it were, of the blessings, how much more so can I learn from that how not to embarrass another human being, how to be sensitive to the needs of other people, and how to understand what Hashem wants from me. And so the mitzvot teach us not only to give, and to give consistently, not only to love, but to love consistently. But as a side product of that, we learn not only about Hashem, but about what He wants us to be. And we learn through that about ourselves. That was beautiful. Thank you so, so much. So we should be sensitive to others. And even though the challah does not have feelings, it teaches us that mitzvot make us become greater people and become more kind and act with more awe and love to another person. Thank you so much. Looking forward to more.